tried to get by as best they could. Most were humiliated for darkness. Ancient nation if you ever tried to navigate your way through a dark These space, you know the dangers of not being galaxy. able to see clearly. Sure, your eyes will adjust eventually, and you might be able to distinguish objects, but crawling around in the inner haze can make for a pretty dismal life. Strong Jewish now picture a, on a shaft of light breaking through your darkness, illuminating your path and sending the boogie man running. Picture yourself being lifted physically, spiritually, and emotionally from that once dark place from Nazareth, the young Jesus could also and trust and transported to a land where you Sepphoris are surrounded by light on every side. A splendid city this is the role that God plays in our lives. If we want to know who we are, then we must understand who God is because God coexists within us. But don't mistake it for being a God yourself, because the things that God can do, we cannot do. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, has sent me unto you. When asked who he is, God referred to himself as I am. What exactly does that mean? It tells us who he is in oneness and how we should relate to him. When I think of God, I think of honor, respect, integrity, truth, oneness, superiority, and honesty. Then I think of him on a level that makes me feel even closer with love, empathy, trust, grace, mercy, forgiveness, faith, steadfastness, patience, and sanctification. Then to understand and know myself, I accept his chastisement, order, discipline, wisdom, and knowledge. To understand my individuality, I embrace the oneness that my Father embodies within himself. Understanding that I am an original, there is none like me, I am special, select and selected to partake in the oneness of individuality that was first shown to us by our Creator. I am is definitive. It speaks volumes and is loud with distinction. God first introduces himself in this manner in the book of Exodus to Moses from the burning bush. In 3 and 14, 3 and 14 Moses asks his name. I am who I am was the response. The Israelites called God Elohim, but that is a title, not a name, and it's not personal. It's given. It's a given name and one given by mankind at that. I am shows dominion over all things. It shows the oneness of God. 
This is the spirit world within. To understand our own, we must be able to relate to the oneness of God. This is the spirit world within. What that power allows us to be is self-sufficient and self-sustaining. The power within that shows who who we were, who we are, and who we will become all by the will of God. Understanding I am represents control, which is also a fruit of the Spirit. Also, royalty and majesty, ultimate holiness. God is eternal. He will never change. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Psalm 33 and 11 says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. His word is timeless and his promises are everlasting. He is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Will he speak and not act? Will he promise and not fulfill? Daniel 7 verses 9 and 10 tell us that we serve one true living God that is the Alpha and the Omega. There's no one like God. He will give you a testimony and show out in His glory. And if you serve Him, He will be your source of spiritual power and you will place nothing before Him. God spoke and everything came to be. Original. Original, number four, none after, and none to replace. One God, one you. God reveals himself to us through his word. Within that revelation, we learn who we were, who we are, and who we should strive to be. I am is the human enlightenment that is available to us and attainable awareness. The true, this truly is the free will that God offers us. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow and the hair, hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were open. God is magnificent in all his ways and mankind needs to understand that we can be enticed through the desires of our heart. This separates us from I am, but it also separates us from our divine spirit within. And we all know that a house divided cannot stand. So should we detach from the creator and our divinity, we head down the road to destruction. Self-destruction because the one is not unanimous. I am is our individuality. We can possess the worldly possessions and attributes, but these things perish just like the body does, and the spirit, our I am, is our oneness with God. Whether that oneness remains with I am is totally up to us. We must understand that our divinity is within us, but we must have the fortitude to not 
say we are gods, but that God lives within us and determines our spirituality. We need this oneness to fear his presence. The power with that Wait a minute. We need this oneness to fear his presence. The power of God cannot be understood as the power of self. There is no true independence in separation from God. It is corruption of ourselves when we transform the glory of God and imply that we are gods. I am lives within us, but that does not make mankind gods. I am must be numerous consistently so we can grow closer to our creator and grow as individuals individuals and human beings with all glory to God. We must not become vain in our imaginations and project ourselves to be more than we actually are. Should we increase the knowledge of I am, we will increase the knowledge of ourselves. God is the truth and the truth lives within us. We should not seek the truth from outside sources that will deceive us. We must combat the struggle that that darkness draws from deception. When sin occurs, we must analyze self and recognize that something wrong was done and this is an area in our lives where help is needed. That help comes from God within us. Wisdom is achieved through our oneness with God. James 3 and 13 says, starts off with, who is a wise man that endured with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be treated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness so sown in peace of them that make peace. Our reasoning, observation, philosophy, and truth must come from our wisdom. Wisdom is more valuable than rubies and all the things one may desire. Nothing compares to her. A godlike mind makes good decisions, builds good relationships, and understands God's plan while glorifying Him through our lives. The gifts of wisdom and discernment go hand in hand. Wisdom enables discernment and discernment allows one to be disciplined in judgment. Wisdom gives insight into God's purpose and will and shows how to resolve everyday problems according to the Holy Spirit's guidance and God's will. We can have wisdom without the gift of discernment because the gift of discernment goes further. Solomon squandered it and solved problems apart from God as he followed after other gods. But we cannot have the gift of discernment without wisdom. 
Jesus said in John 15 verses 1 through 17, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch could bear fruit by itself and must remain in in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If I remain in, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. You see, God is God is the I am, and Jesus is the vine. He is also the I am, and we branch out from him and if we remain in him we will be a part of I am as well to understand ourselves we must understand the oneness that comes with being a part of God and being a part of Jesus who is the vine so God is the greatest I am. Jesus is the branch of I am that's connected to I am. And we are as well. As long as we connected to God, to Jesus, we'll be connected to God. I am gives us the individuality and the oneness that we need to have within ourselves and within God and within Jesus. We are all one body in Christ. I am is what connects us to God. God is the I am. Jesus is the vine. And we are the branches. If we stay connected to Jesus and God, we are also experiencing the oneness of God and the individuality of ourselves. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see, it takes God and Jesus in order for us to be complete. A follower of Buddha, the Indian Emperor Ashoka, was building the great shrine of Sunday. 
My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. The Father loved Jesus. Jesus loves us. We are to love each other. That doesn't mean that our love should be taken advantage of. That doesn't mean that we should take advantage of the love and the grace and mercy that we get from Jesus and God. Like I said earlier in the text, it is a continuous growth so it must be continuously fed. That means standing your word, giving God time, Giving God what is due to Him through His Son, through prayer, through obedience, by asking for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. If we acquire discernment, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, from God through Jesus Christ then we will be able to make good decisions have joy in our heart love others as we love ourselves and live good lives live rich lives you see our richness does not come from monetary or tangible things our richness comes from God. Our richness comes from the wisdom and knowledge and understanding that we acquire when we seek God's face. When we seek to understand who God is, who Jesus was, or who Jesus is, because he lives, he still lives, and we serve a living and true God. So through God and Jesus, we live. We must study ourselves to show ourselves to be approved. Study to show ourselves approved. Using the word of God. Using discernment. Making good decisions. Not being boastful, not being arrogant, not being egotistical, not placing ourselves on pedestals. We must always remain humble and not 
Feed into confusion. Feed into gossip. And and our sin and our anger we must not sin. So it takes a lot of discipline to sit in this chair that I sit in. To take on the assignment that God has given me. To take on being an ambassador for God like Jesus wants us all to do. We all have an assignment on our lives. And that assignment is to be an ambassador for God. We must share our testimonies. We must be kind to each other. We must try to help each other. We must not be envious. We must not cover our neighbor's things. There's discipline. And most of all, in order to have discipline, we must have self-control. And it's a constant battle. It really is. Because we all have our crosses to bear. And we all have a thorn on our side that constantly nags us. But think about it. If that thorn wasn't there, and if we didn't have a cross to bear, then why would we need God and Jesus? If we didn't, don't have a cross to bear, if we don't have any weaknesses, then, I mean, we must be up there where God and Jesus are, where the Son and the Father are. That's the only way that we don't have a cross to bear, a weakness that we fight against or fight with that thorn on our side every day. I believe it was in Romans where Paul said that his flesh wills him to do what he knows not to do. In other words, we may know not to do something, but if our spirit is not higher than our flesh, then our flesh will take over and we will do fleshly things instead of spiritual things. That constant nourishment is necessary on a daily basis through prayer and meditation on God's word. Even if you just turn it on on YouTube, I often turn on the Bible and just listen to the Bible, listen to things about Jesus, listen to different uh, meditations. I even turn to tell Alexa, play some gospel music. Every day, and all throughout the day, you should find a reason, you should have a reason rather, 
not find a reason because every day that you open your eyes you have a reason to worship God and in order to understand who we are we must understand the oneness that I am not the Allah not the Jehovah not the Elohim we must call it as it was supposed to be I am because when you really when you say God you open it up I mean because there's so many different references to God so therefore when we open the door to God we must understand what door we are opening uh, who we are serving as well as the people around us when we attend churches we must know who God is so that we will not be led astray we must understand that oneness with God in order for the Holy Spirit to fall upon us we have to be at one we must be unanimous in our discipline when it comes to God and serving him and worshiping him it must not be taken lightly it must not be uh, filled with our desires when the Holy Spirit touches us we must know that it's the Holy Spirit and we know this because when the Holy Spirit touches you you feel nothing else but the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit upon you you feel nothing else there's no other thoughts there's no other feelings you don't get tired you don't feel weary you don't, you don't have all of these feelings you feel your oneness with the creator and in order to feel that oneness we must understand who the creator is who Jesus is and who we are and strive to be who we need to be if we haven't reached that level yet where we cannot connect with the oneness of our creator our father and the son we have to be one with God We have to be in tune. And not only do we have to be able to explain the word and share the word and share testimonies, we must be able to sit down and be still sometimes. Be quiet sometimes. If you're not quiet sometimes and you don't meditate on God, you will not be able to hear 
whatever it is that he needs to say to you. You won't hear that if it comes to other people. If you don't have the correct discipline, you, you will not receive the messages that God sends through other people. You will not send, receive the messages that he has given to you directly. You see, we don't need a human conduit to communicate with God. All we need is the correct discipline, the correct discernment, the correct knowledge, the correct wisdom, and the correct understanding. And once you have all those things, there's a peace beyond any other peace that you could ever have. And once you attain that peace, you can relate and meditate on God and God's word. God will tell you when to speak and when to be quiet. God will tell you who to speak to and who not to speak to. Sometimes it's not for us to be trying to prophesy to everybody. It's not for us to be trying to give somebody else a word. And if God does not tell you to give that person that word, and if God does not instruct you to speak, then you sit down and you be quiet. Because whatever it is that you wanted to speak on, God may have something else. Because His glory is the one that must be given. His glory has to be given. The glory is not for us. The glory is for him. And we must always be disciplined enough and humble enough to understand that. We must have enough self-control to understand that we cannot have control over anything or anyone with anyone. Only God can do that. Only God can take control of a situation. Only God can take control of a person. Only God can soften a person's heart. Only God can fight these battles that are actually spiritual. Because God uses people and Satan uses people. But sometimes it don't be Satan. It be the hardness and the corruption that is in mankind's heart that drives him. His arrogance, his boastfulness, his wanting to show the world 
what he can do when all power comes down through God unless the fire of God touches you it's not there regardless to what book you have read regardless to what information you know regardless to what you have been taught if you are not called by our father then it's none of void it's not real if you don't know how to sit down and meditate on the creator and not look at other people life and try to get other people life together you look at your life and work on your life you get your life together and do what you can for yourself in order to honor and give God the glory that he deserved correction starts with us not with straightening somebody else's situations out and in order for us to understand that we have to have the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that only God can give us. The discernment to understand and know that there's something going wrong in our lives. It's not on the next person. And sometimes and it's not because of the devil. It's because we need to clean up our house and straighten our house up. When you establish that oneness with God, you understand that. You know that. And whatever corrections you need to make, God give you the strength to make them. Whatever provisions you need, God will give them to you. You don't have to prove anything to anyone. That oneness with God will show up and show out in your life. to show up and show out and it will show in everything that you do. Even as Jesus confounded Just like if you're doing a bunch of dirt. You'll see that people will see that dirt before they see you. When you got God in your life people see the light before they see you. When they see you, they see light. They don't see darkness. They don't see confusion. They don't see malice. They don't see envy. 
They don't see jealousy. They see the light. That it doesn't come from the outside. It comes from within. And when people see that light, they will be instantly drawn to you. And if you give them God and they receive, heaven is rejoicing. Understand that in order to know ourselves, in order for us to have joy, peace, love, understanding, knowledge, wisdom, discernment, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit, in order for us to have all of those things be evident in our lives, we have to try to pull these things out of ourselves with the oneness of God and Jesus Christ. Jesus is the bird. We are the branches. And like Jesus said, if we, if we branches that don't bear no fruit, we clipped off. But if we remain in him, he is connected to the Father. And that is a connection that we all need. We need to be connected to the Father through the Son. And we must bear fruit. We must bear good fruit. In order for good things to happen in our lives, and in order for us to stay connected to the vine. Like Jesus said, <laughs> we didn't choose him, he chose us, and God chose us as well. So when you want to know who you are, when you want to know who you were, or let me rephrase that. When you can recognize who you were, who you are now, or who you are striving to be, as long as you are connected to the vine, you'll be connected to the I am, the oneness that we're supposed to have. In the body of Christ. And with that, I end this video. I have enjoyed speaking with y'all. And I have enjoyed sharing the oneness of God with everyone. The oneness of God and our individuality spiritually. 
Let's not suffer spiritual death. Because if we're spiritually dead and then we physically die, that's how we're going to be raised up again, spiritually dead. And women have to suffer a second death. I, for one, don't want to suffer a second death. I, for one, am dedicated to God. I'm not perfect, but I am dedicated to God. My views may be a little controversial, but I continue to seek God's face every day of my life. And with that, I'm going to say the 23rd Psalms and in this video. I hope that you all have enjoyed it. And I hope that you all have learned something. But understand that I am is definitive. The Son of Man is raised from the dead. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. He would no longer wander among the villages and small towns, debating with Pharisees and avoiding the authorities who would have silenced him. Jesus would carry his mission to the heart of his faith and into the stronghold of his Thank you for tuning in. He would go 